This is Editor-in-Chief Paula Gatos, and this episode of the Tokenet Podcast is going to be a little different. Uh, first of all, it is a two-hour-long podcast, so it is slightly longer than usual uh, because me, Cooney, Nick, and Michael had a lot to say <laughs> about Shin Godzilla. <laughs> so second of all, this is a particular podcast is very spoiler heavy. I understand that it will come out before the premiere in the United States, um, but for, we should be okay for those who speak English or, or English-speaking uh, fans who got to watch it in Japan. should be okay, or, and, or those who don't mind spoilers at all, or would want to listen to other people's reactions. Uh, spoiler or not, before they go see a film. And that's totally okay, too. Um, so yeah, this comes out before the film. does have spoiler. is a little long. And basically, the team uh, ha- was able to watch this film, thanks to Funimation, uh, before everything comes out. Uh, and because of that, almost every member of Team Token wanted to say something about it. <laughs> So not only does this podcast episode come out, if you want to hear more about our thoughts, this podcast episode also has a corresponding uh, text roundtable review that, so you can read uh, what the rest of Team Tokenet thinks about Shin Godzilla. Uh, really highly recommend this movie. Um, and yeah, I don't want to keep you guys here for long uh, because we are just going to talk about it nonstop. And so if you haven't watched or if you haven't uh, picked up your tickets yet, they are available. Uh, Go to FunimationFilms.com to check out which theater near you uh, will be showing it. Uh, And yeah, thanks again to Funimation and enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome to the Tokusatsu Network podcast. Today, we're talking about Shin Godzilla. And I am joined by our editor-in-chief, Paula. Hello, Paula. Hello. By Michael Nixon. Hello, everybody. They let me back on here. Yes. And by Nick. Hello, Nick. Hello, everyone. You're welcome. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just a range of self-esteem levels there. <laughs> no, but we should compare with, with the first take. Uh, yeah, uh, no, never mind. What uh, first yes. take? What? what are you talking about? <laughs> We're not what? recording this a second time. Good, good. We're You're professionals. I'm proud of you. We weren't having internet issues because no, of, it's the night of the debates. Everybody yeah. was having internet issues. Yeah. So <laughs> just for, I think, setting sake, uh, we are recording this on a Monday night. Uh, the night that I didn't realize was going to be debate night. So, yeah, streaming so, and stuff. So made streaming the... and tweeting and all of the United States was very much into a presidential debate between a very well-qualified politician who rubs you the wrong way and a demagogue who has no idea what he's doing. Satan. Literally Satan. An orange clown so, and a woman. And that is probably wants. the most political that we will get ever <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, just well, so you know. We're a very liberal site. No, don't say that. I'm kidding. The site is impartial. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about another country here. and I met mm-hmm. a We're talking about countries. Japanese politics. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yes. Anyway, we're talking about I was wrong. This might Godzilla. get more political than I intended. 
Right. This uh, we had access to the movie a bit earlier thanks to mm -hmm. Funimation. Thank you very much about for Funimation. giving us this chance. Um, so we wa we have watched it before the official release in the US. I watched it on opening night here in Japan. It was a an amazing event in my life, mm -hmm. literally because it's the first time I've seen Godzilla uh, in a in a movie theater. That was mm -hmm. one of the dreams I think I thought I would not fulfill while I lived. But I did, and I'm so happy about it. So, uh, first of all, we, as you, if you, if you have been, uh, you know, uh, posted about our, our other activities, we reported about the movie uh, being made, about who was attached to to direct, who was going to act, about images, about trailers, etc., etc., mm -hmm. and we all got very excited. Well, at least I got very excited about it. Uh, but yeah, I want to know what were your first impressions when we started seeing all this information coming up? Uh, well, sorry, Chief. I interrupted you for a second. Um, no, that's okay. The the team in general, I do very much remember because we are the, the Tokusatsu Network and therefore we Indeed, care a lot yeah. about Tokusatsu and Godzilla, if anything, is, quote, the capital T, the Tokusatsu, um, that kind of got this bowl ball rolling. So to have... To have that experience of watching a brand new Godzilla film for Shin Godzilla uh, is kind of incredible. And being able to watch it early was also kind of incredible. And so I, I, I totally completely agree with, or I, I understand rather, uh, your excitement of watching Godzilla on the big screen. Uh, because this is really, really exciting, especially because Anno is attached to it. And if you don't know who Anno is, uh, definitely look for Evangelion and all the things that he's done. Because, yeah, Nick, you were saying something about uh, watching Blue. Yeah, Hideaki Anno and Blue Blazes, weren't you? Um, when we were talking yeah. about earlier? Take one. Uh, what I was saying about Anno is, you know, if you've seen. I mean, if you know anything about Anno, if you've been paying attention while watching Evangelion, or if you've seen uh, Blue Blazes, you know, like, one of the big things that strikes you is he's a huge tokusatsu fan. Mm -hmm. Specifically Ultraman, you know, his fan film he made in college was he did a little return of Ultraman fan film where he played Ultraman, and, you know, he had his uh, windbreaker jacket, he painted it silver and red, and he got to smash around his own miniature set for a while. So... This, even though Anno is known mostly for Tokusatsu, for me, for anime, for Evangelion and working with Gainax and stuff like that, you know, all, a lot of the stuff he did is influenced by his love for Tokusatsu. So, um, you know, when you first hear that he's the one doing Shin Godzilla, it's kind of like a homecoming thing. Mm -hmm. It's like the biggest fan of this stuff is about to become the biggest creator of this stuff and you can't wait to see you know what he comes up with because someone with his kind of mind when you look at his output of work mm -hmm. and it's like you know everyone likes to talk about Evangelion as a deconstruction of robot anime yada 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 not really to get into that but he's thorough he thinks about things to a very deep detail so you want to see what he does with you know the granddaddy of them all with Godzilla and Boy, did he do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the source of a lot of my excitement for the film, honestly, was 
the idea that Higuchi and Anno were going to be the people directing it, uh, this sort of uh, exciting burst of new stuff going into the franchise because they're two incredibly inventive creators. Um, and what we got was a really inventive take on, I would say it's a really inventive sort of redo of 1954 recontextualized for present day, um, mm. which I, we can get into later. Obviously we're still talking mm. announcements stuff. Um, but yeah, from my perspective, it was exactly that sort of um, uh, his, his list of previous credits in Anno's case and, and Noguchi's case as well um, between Evangelion and having seen sort of his early well, recent to now a uh, uh, toku short uh giant god that was a giant god warrior attacks japan or something mm-hmm. was that mm-hmm. yeah. it's really cool and sort of uh, uh very based in big destruction which uh pays off in this movie too um oh god, which is funny because i sort of expected a similar ending uh and was pleasantly surprised uh in shin godzilla's case that was well let, let's talk about that later yeah let me just add something that i have not told anyone and now that we're talking about the director i was glad that a person with such talent and such credibility had been attached to the project but i got the slightly bit worried that it would become an evangelion godzilla it sort of turned out to be that way but because i'm not being such an auteur let's say he may have i mean i was afraid that he may just Put to put too much of his own stuff into into the the I mean because it's it wasn't a brand new franchise it was a, a new installment into uh, of, of of a very well established franchise with a very solid mythology etc etc and I think that's what that was uh, well all the Anno haters because Anno is a person who, who divides fandoms mm. people uh, yes mm. and I've heard really nasty things about him mm-hmm. about well how people hate his work and how he's going to ruin Godzilla that's what everybody <laughs> said and I sort of had the slightest you know uh, inclination to think that because of, of, of he had never done anything of this scale or any, any tokusatsu in general then Higuchi got attached and when Higuchi got attached I just felt the relief I needed if Higuchi was going to be attached and Higuchi was not going to direct, then I think we would have a good a good result. Were you just cautious because of just Anno's reputation in general, or just there was things about Anno's previous? No, uh, because he he's such a. I mean, he his work is very specific. He has mm-hmm. a very definite style, mm-hmm. and I have, and the Godzilla I have um, as a concept you know, has certain, um, and I'm sort of contradicting what I, what I said previously, but mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of, yeah, yeah, I mean, I didn't want We've met to, you, you do this. I <laughs> didn't want him to mess up my Godzilla, that's the thing. Uh, yeah. But that's a thing that I'm complaining about. But that's about a coony thing. Stupid you know what I mean? And, yeah. Yeah. That's, well, not, yep. not to like, kind of like poke at you, Kuni, because I know you're hosting this and please don't kill me. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, no, I think that that I I kind of feel like that's kind of a specific Kuni thing because like you are very much, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, you are very much like I I like this art style in its purest form in terms of like well, yeah, see a sort of conservative in that way, yeah, yeah, and which is totally okay. I mean that's that's your jam, and I think in terms of listening to how kind of the internet 
kind of see the ripple effects of what of all the different announcements that we had mm-hmm. um ripple effect wise and who you know Anna was attached to it it's a brand new godzilla blah 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 like you could feel that in general within like just a tokusatsu and tok- uh tokusatsu fandom you see those ripples like oh like Anna is just gonna like totally evangelion this up and i don't like the way he does it but mm. i i think in terms of in general the people who are kind of used to like I get adaptations and I'm okay with it and treating it in different like forms, like into things like that. Like you're right. I was really, when I first heard that Hideki Anno was and Higuchi was were attached to it, it was a lot of, Oh, there is a level of caliber there that I get. And I think there was enough like auto fans who, who absolutely know of his love for Tokusatsu. So like Nick, like it was very much a, Oh, yeah, I want to see what he thinks of how this looks like. Yeah, like a finally yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah, that kind of feeling. It's like when, you know, when uh, Del Toro got to play with Pacific Rim. Like, yeah, I want to see what's in his head when it comes to kaiju mm-hmm. and giant robots. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a, way, a good way to put it in perspective, actually. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I felt that that was, in terms of like where the, where the moderate fan gets, is kind of like where that lands. Like, oh, yeah, I want to see what's it, what's in his head. Like, it could be terrible, honestly. Like, I, I tried not to hold, when I heard the announcement, I tried not to hold a lot of, like, expectations because, you know, I'm uh, a Sentai tokusatsu fan rather than, like, say, a kaiju tokusatsu fan. Mm-hmm. So, and I had only recently seen the original Godzilla last year. 54. <laughs> yeah, the 54 original oh. Godzilla. I only saw it last year. So, my connection to it wasn't as precious i guess I, I didn't hold it so precious that i was super concerned that he was gonna eva it up and eva is not my favorite anime it disturbed me so much that i just never want to watch it again <laughs> so i'm yeah, like yeah i've got the but, same thing yeah it's, yeah but, it's and, but very... and again i understood the caliber of fan that ano was coming from and i'm like yeah i want to see what's in his head in the nicest way ways possible it's traumatizing that, that yeah that, that, that film's a little anime. traumatizing yeah, I saw it when I was like in high school, and it made some pretty interesting, <laughs> pretty interesting decisions. Like, you don't want to watch that when you're in a formative age of what your identity is. Like, nope. I did, and we love you so much. <laughs> so yeah, like for me, it wasn't it was pretty traumatizing. But I guess I just watched it at the right time. So that's how I I also feel with just this in general. I like Hano's take on Shin Godzilla. I like it a lot scares the shit out of me. <laughs> no, well, then then we, uh, well, we see all this information coming. Then we, the, the first trailer hit. And we finally mm-hmm. see the thing moving. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I mean, did anything change in, in, in any of you? Because I, I can say that all mm-hmm. those doubts that I had disappeared immediately. In spite of seeing very drastic changes into what I believed Godzilla to be. What, what I knew Godzilla to be. Mm-hmm. Um, no, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Like, Michael, did you have any... Did anything change in what you thought of, what expectation you had? When you, yeah. Uh, my, no, just my excitement rose, obviously. I mean, uh, what bit of the score we got, once, was, once it was confirmed that it was the actual score of the movie, I was blown away by. The visuals are obviously stunning, and uh, in context, I would say still uh, uh, stunning. And I, I was just left sort of curious about 
still what the story was, but I figured mm-hmm. that would be the case going in. It's a giant monster movie, so that's how trailers work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was I was excited, uh, and I liked that it seemed like a lot of stuff was being held back in that first trailer. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the first trailer yeah. didn't even have the breath or anything like that, mm-hmm. so it was sort of left a mystery as to how radically different this different Godzilla would be. Um, but what I saw in terms of, you know, awe and scale, I was very pleased by. Personally, yeah. I kind of really like that. Did you, Nick? Like how mm. much it was, they didn't show, like it was the teaser, like teasers. Yeah. We're talking about the trailers, right? Yeah. Tra- yeah. Yes. Well, it's a trailer. Uh, yeah, it's a trailer teaser. I mean. The first one, antics. Um, <laughs> I think when we first got our glimpse of this version of Godzilla, that's when I actually started to have doubts. And not really doubts, just curiosities. And it was two things, which, you know, you hear everywhere on the internet. One, why is its tail so long? And two, why are its <laughs> arms so tight? <laughs> so I'm like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see it, I guess. What is going on? Mm-hmm. And that, that was it, you know? I'm not really a, a hype machine person. Mm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Well, what's really interesting is like seeing it's one of those moments where you see like why is his tail so long why is his like arms so tiny and, and stuff like that it was one of those things that definitely got me excited to watch the rest of it because I need to find out why mm-hmm. like why is it that's not it's it's like uh seeing the initial like Sentai or Kamen Rider designs like oh it looks so ugly I'm like oh I want to see it in action before I actually decide whether or not it looks that ugly like you know what I mean yeah like, but the the, the internet though they freaked out. Yeah, they did. That's what the they internet freaked does. out. Yeah, Let's forget the internet. Nobody cares what he does. <laughs> he has googly eyes. Oh, look at the arms. He has lady arms. Oh, look at the the, the, the legs are so fat. Yeah, well, oh, that's that, that's kind of like to be expected, don't you think? No, like, I mean, I I say it yeah. like this. I mean, actually, I apologize for that. Sorry for mm. all those people who actually said that when they saw it, but. It was like you, you know, all those conservative fans, all those fans that wanted the, mm-hmm. the thing to be remain the same, and they saw mm-hmm. it, you know, mm-hmm. being ripped apart a bit, and all <laughs> this paradigm, paradigm. They saw being, something different. Know, exactly, and it, it's the natural, you know, resentment maybe. Mm-hmm. You but what is change. it supposed to look like? Because no, which, I mean, which that's fan a is question right? That, that I asked myself then, and now having watched the movie and having enjoyed the fuck of it, out of it, yeah. I, well, not yeah, even. Yeah. That. What, that's like, how you get out of it. You ask him which one's right, and then you throw a fork in the middle of the circle and run the other fucking direction. Right. <laughs> just like that. I mean, you know, we've got that whole categorization of different periods of Godzilla, and mm-hmm. that's my thing about like you know talking about you're conservative about what your Godzilla is. So, like, is your Godzilla '54 Godzilla? Is your Godzilla goofy '60s Godzilla? Is your Godzilla '80s Godzilla? Is your Godzilla '90s Godzilla with the time travel and Mecha King Ghidorah? Is your Godzilla any of the what six Millennium Godzilla? Because each every single one of those is different, except for the Mecha Godzilla duology. And it's like Godzilla. The point of Godzilla at this point is that he's been reimagined so many times. He's mm. malleable. He's changeable. He's flexible. Mm. Exactly. So you know. That wasn't. That makes absolute sense. It's like, this isn't the true Godzilla. I'm like, if we're really going to talk about the true Godzilla, you know, 1954, true Godzilla, but there's so many other ones. 
that like it's it's a moot point. It's a moot. Yeah. It's not a discussion yeah. I want to have. Yeah. It's like, look, 1954. It's a classic. It's an amazing movie. Cool. Let's do some other stuff with it. Yeah. I have a question for Cooney. Yes. Can we get into the meat of like the actual movie right let's, now? Because I really need to talk about it. No. Yeah. Let's 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 <laughs> let's. You know, enough enough background enough. You know, theoretical... Fr- Enough of this Kaiju A, Kaiju B bullshit. Let's get to Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to it. All right, Lucas, I really need to talk <laughs> about my feelings because I have a lot of them. <laughs> because this, I, just as an asterisk, like, I have a specific phobia and it's really weird faces. Oh, so yeah. there's something there's something that I can't, I can't watch. Like, it really, it honestly disturbs me. And so... And if anybody on Twitter wants to ask why I have this phobia, I have a specific reason. I will talk about it later. But Spoiler warning for, you know, the movie. I guess we have yeah. to say that at some point. Oh, yes. Spoiler yes. warning. So if you don't want to know what, uh, anything, any ideas about the movie, just stop this podcast now. Go buy your ticket. Come back to this podcast at this point and, and, and have this conversation <laughs> with us. Um, and you have but, done some welcome back. Yes, and you have to, and if you have done so, thank you for doing that. Welcome back. Thank you for supporting uh, Tokusatsu in America. Anyway, excellent. But by, by, by the way, you, yes. uh, you, you, dear listener, uh, you clicked on a podcast called Shin Godzilla. <laughs> listened this far, had to have those people go. Hey, spoilers! I really come on. I've seen I mean, so many people complain about spoilers in places you expect spoilers to be. Internet yeah. right. terrible. You know, no, I'm fine. Spoilers. But, you know, we're good for those who anyway. got through this much of the cracks. Welcome back. Yeah. So anyway, so, yeah, so I have a specific phobia of distorted faces. It freaks me out. I can't deal with it. I do get nightmares. So when as we get I have a pretty big TV generally just because it's a hand me down. So it's a it's a good it's a good experience of not watching this in a tiny little laptop. Um, so it, it was pretty impactful when you get to God's when you first actually see Godzilla himself and he's not in his upright fully form it's just that first snake-like form where he's still mutating and and bloody and there's gushing blood and it's just focused dead center on that wide googly eyes of his and open mouth and moving around and people are frightened and horrified and it's I think anybody can attest who were watching it with me, I was like in a blank, wanted to wrap myself in the blanket and turn away and wanted to cry because it was just the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's such a sudden way in which they show it because they start yeah. with the ominous music and and it's the take of the people running away and without any any pretend, without any any warning. They, it, yeah. It's just a switch into that thing coming and it's a oh. soup from, from the, in the front. I mean, you see it coming at you. Yeah, it that mo- yeah, that's when I'm like I'm in a blanket. I'm I'm wrapping myself in a blanket. I can't I can't I can't do this. I was saying out loud that I'm like I don't think I could watch this on the big screen. I don't think I can. Because well, yeah, I mean if it, was if it the affected mu- you that much, yeah, on then, this tiny yeah. small screen that is still considerable. <laughs> Cuz like, I mean the first time I saw it was in the big screen and it it's such a shock. It's so disturbing. It's I seriously wanted to cry. It disturbed me to the core. Like, and the, I think I was talking about, you mentioned the music, Cooney. Like, the music is so haunting. 
Exactly. That's the thing. And it gets uh-huh. under your skin. And so it wasn't a matter of like, oh, just turn your eyes away. We're totally fine. I'm like, no, 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 no. I will still have nightmares. And I think I have no choice because we already have tickets to the premiere and <laughs> it's my duty to cover this for you guys. So I'm sacrificing my mental health here <laughs> so I can like, report on this movie. Just, but just, just, so you good. know, know when not to do things because we yeah. love you and we want to do the best for you. Okay. But, like, I don't think anybody else had that same... I don't know, were you... Everybody else was freaked out? Were you guys freaked out? Yeah, yeah, I want to know, uh, Michael, Nick. It weirded me out pretty good, but I wasn't... I mean, my reaction to this movie is I really want to see it on the big screen. So, I had sort of the opposite exact yeah. uh, reaction. <laughs> basically, precisely. No, but um, that's the other part. On the TV. Because no. I, 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 when I saw it in the big screen, I got... I mean, it was really frightening, but I knew that... I was going to enjoy this movie a lot mm. when I saw that. Oh, yeah. And it, I just... Watching those scenes to me, I I can't turn off the, like, going to film school part of my brain. I really <laughs> No, I that, really that, that's an, an input I want to hear, actually. What did you think of it as... And without, with those eyes? I know, but I just want to clarify before I get all douchey. Go it's ahead, please. just a curse. <laughs> it's not a gift. Um... <laughs> Uh, well, thanks. You're you're an angel, Nick. Um, so uh, I, I like the uh, in general through the movie. I really like how sort of diverse the camera work is. Um, there's no one way any scene is shot. There's no one way to shoot a scene. Um, it has that sort of super adaptability of Anno's anime. Um, information can be given to you any fucking way the movie needs to yeah. as necessary, including putting text on the screen mm-hmm. of like laws and stuff to show. I love that. Like as the, um, as the meeting scenes got increasingly satirical, uh, <laughs> in the opening bit, at least for the first reaction, like, we flat, which we was fast forwarded. Yeah. So the specificity of shots I thought was really interesting in the lead up to that first reveal of the incomplete Godzilla um, down to, I didn't notice it until uh, uh, not quite there yet. Godzilla was trying to stand up for the first time, but you start getting sort of snippets of an incomplete Godzilla theme uh, as you get closer and closer to seeing actual Godzilla. Um, So in those first scenes, it felt so much more kind of natural disaster-y leading up to the actual reveal. And I thought it was really cool how Anno sort of lets you become one of the people running from whatever this natural disaster is, and then flips the camera to reveal sort of a street level view of not quite there yet. Godzilla waddling towards you and bleeding all over the ground, Um, which is just, it's, it's really effective in that way because it, it's disturbing, but I don't think it's scary. It's just like a, it's, it's scary because it's really weird. It's super fishy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you know, seeing a scary walking fish wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, I thought it was cool how different it was, but still effective as a sort of monster movie scare it was. Yeah. The thing about the, and I, my family is very Asian in that we have a lot of fresh fish, like a lot on a constant basis and maybe not the like the highest quality of fish like we don't have it automatically filleted like my mom gets 
whole like really weird looking like catfish every once in a while. So but is it like, like screaming and gushing blood out of its gills. It's at sometimes. You? <laughs> okay, well, touche. Like, if, I guess if anybody who's like gone fishing before and seen like you've. Like, I'm partially, I mean, I should be, like, a lot more, like, thank you for giving me your sacrifice. I very much appreciate you, blah, blah, blah. But, like, and I should be okay with that. But, like, sometimes I'm not. And then seeing that, it totally gave me, like, flashbacks of, like, being disturbed when my mom was, like, hacking off a fish head. Mixed do. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm more, your face is gross, Mr. Fish. Let's get that head off. Yeah. I'm just like, ah, 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 no. (laughs) No. It's so bad. I eat stuff like that on a regular basis. It's so good. And I saw it come to life with hind legs. <laughs> that, yeah, that's my very immature reaction to that. It's a beautiful, beautiful film. But and, it, and, and I think what I liked about it is because I was so disturbed, but like not to a point where like, like I, I already know that I can't watch horror movies, so I just don't. Um, Same. So it's one of those things where, like, this is a horror movie I can see in a way. Uh, it gives me that same kind of, like, chill and and di- I'm just disturbed. I'm just super perturbed. And what I like about it is that in terms of, like, and this, I think this even the sound design in this movie is, like, quite good. Like, you were talking about how the theme kind of starts from, you like, original, you don't, to and it's slowly as Godzilla becomes its full form, the theme just becomes that original Godzilla theme from nineteen from the fifties, mm-hmm. which I really really like. So it the the theme itself evolved with the monster, and what I like about it too is that I, I mentioned this when we were chatting about it was that it was. Those those scenic whiplashes, I kind of I don't know how else to describe it. Where you get like that horror, you get the monster horror, you know, everything is loud and adrenaline is pumping and blah blah blah. And then you get those immediate moments when it's like you're in a board meeting in and the you're talking about meeting room. Everybody's clean. Everybody's yeah, safe. Yeah, everyone's safe. And it's like and sometimes like that switch is so silent. Like yeah. you just mm-hmm. and and it, and I just and I described it as like you know say you're at a club or at this sporting event and stuff like that and for me who has anxiety like these are these are things I may definitely pay attention to so like you're in a loud adrenaline pumping situation a club a sports event or whatever and then you get the moment in the night where you're like in a bathroom or back in your own room or like you close that cab door on your way home and it's just silence. And it's palpable silence yeah. so that even moments when you get this really scree- like creepy sound and screaming and destruction sounds and then you get immediately to the meeting, it makes you pay attention in that meeting. It makes you pay attention to all the intricacies of bureaucracy <laughs> because you're all of a sudden like every, that, 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 the sound of just voices or even like the silent pauses between voices is just so palpable. I really like that. And from and if anybody who is disturbed from the big monster scenes, it lets you breathe, like ah. Right. It, it, I mean, it, it's incredibly well paced for all the meeting room scenes that there was. I think mm-hmm. it's really well paced in that sense. It gives you a breather for those uh, people who are uh, well, actually sensitive to to these kind of sequences, to well, these kind of th- images. I was also thinking about like the 2014 legendary Godzilla, where. 
in a different sort of pacing, like you do get those, like you're suddenly turning to, you don't see Godzilla the whole time. You don't see destruction all the time, but some you get those like military moments where like, oh, instead of what we're, instead of watching the, 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 the Godzilla himself, like himself, like running around and running amok and they would switch to like, you know, planning the attack and blah, blah, blah. Or figuring things out and, and stuff like that. Like, those st- are still high adrenaline moments. Like, you're in a military mm-hmm, setting, mm-hmm. or you're moving from one place to another, or even like uh, our main character in the 2014 Godzilla, like traveling between. Those are still adrenaline moments because he, he's trying to get back to his family. Whereas it's a little more quieter because you're dealing with like just bureaucratic intricacies that's not, say, guns blaring and. Someone shouting command. Yeah, someone shouting. Yeah, something like that. There's no major argument. Even if you have like disagreements in those uh, human moments in Shin Godzilla, they're not shouting matches. No, they're very civilized. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So. No, but that's the thing I wanted the, to mention about... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, sorry. Uh, the, the one bit of sort of shouting in the movie, kind of performative... Uh, uh, shouting is by the the one scientist character, and it's it's immediately nipped in the bud by the other much quieter uh, uh, woman scientist uh, uh, character coming to the same discovery and just taking it straight to the person instead of running around the damn room like a crazy person. <laughs> so I really enjoy it that sort of uh, performative shouting was discouraged. I also uh, appreciate that he apologized to her, mm-hmm. like just straight sorry. I co- like didn't believe you the first time. Sorry, you're right. Let's move on. Like, yeah, and her boss go. was also uh, the sort of boss character of the team, even though they're whatever the hell they describe it as, without bosses, which doesn't actually work. Um, even he credits her for the idea too. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like like the big hero and a heroine of the of the of the team. She's the one that because well, I mean from the beginning, from the first sequence, she's the first one that is called because. And I love that scene when they call the th- the three scientists and they ask him about what uh, they are facing, and he's like, "There is no en- not enough evidence. We we don't know. We cannot tell you anything." Mm-hmm. It, the, it's such a satire. The, those first meetings are such a satire of bureaucracy and academia. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. the sense that, yeah, they call these brilliant scientists uh, leaders in the in the in the specialty. You mm-hmm. ask them. Then what is this? We don't know what is what this is. Well, I, I have a method, yes? Without my method, I cannot give you any answers. Uh, well, as someone who came from, who is kind of still in academia in a way, mm-hmm. like that, I, it's, I recognize that completely. Like, I, I can see where the wheels are turning into saying those things. So it's a lot of, like, as much as... It's, it's people are so used to academia like having to defend themselves so mm-hmm. and then it's like that uh that one politician who's like already is like oh if the government leaves i'm already trying to make friends with people who will rule the next government uh-huh that i think that guy with the glasses like yeah yeah, yeah he's guy the, with the, glasses. the politician friend of- yeah uh and so <laughs> it's all those moments i'm like oh my god these are the professors that have to like deal with reputation whether that's exactly what i was reminded of my professors like, at the university yeah like i can't 100 percent blame them because they're right like but at the same time it, no it, no I, yes of course it's i'm, I'm not holding it against them I'm, yeah but, the but I, I find that interesting works. like i find that really interesting in terms of like it, it not only does it show like yes there are 
pitfalls to all the bureaucratic nonsense that we go through. But also the, seeing them talking about like, oh, we need, we have like a whole table of just like laws and constitutions and what can we do? And there's setups for this and, and, and things like that. Yeah, that we cannot classify get... this as an attack because it's not mm -hmm. a foreign nation. Mm -hmm. Just, I, I loved all those pieces. Like, I, I, I see, I don't, I, I, you don't see how governments actually, like, turn and work in that sense. Like, because you want to, you know, make room for, we got to get this one action to another action. Blah, 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 blah. We want the high, super high-paced things like that. You don't actually see... All the like, process that goes Yeah, and behind. I love yeah. watching the process because like, oh, this takes a lot of process and there's a lot of considerations and and it, it shows how connected like different nations are in terms of where their laws and governments are. And what I liked in general about the way the story was told is like you need both in order for it to work. Actually, that's what I appreciated. He first... Makes fun of it, and then he he uh, revindicates it. He gives it its place and and shows that it works. Yeah, so you do need that kind of like unilateral, like we'll make decisions without the bureaucratic stuff. Yeah, and then you need uh -huh. which which figured out the solution to Godzilla at the end, and then you also need the other bureaucratic quote unquote, like nonsense and people having to make decisions with like like all their fingers and hands and toes tied by yeah. different agendas and different laws and different like semantics of like how things are right, written right. down. I, ah, uh, as a former poli-sci major, that turned me on so much. <laughs> it was a joy. No, I agree, I, I agree. Uh, I feel like I'm monopolizing this a lot. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're the boss. You're the chief. <laughs> what do you think, Nick? About what specifically? Uh, what I how did you feel about like the decision? Because I know there's the, the argument sometimes like, oh, it's just making fun of all the uselessness of bureaucracy and governments and blah blah blah. Like, did you feel any of that at all? I mean, yeah, not necessarily from like a making fun of perspective. I kind of saw it as like a targeted critique, you know, hmm. where it's like, you know, you have a system, and I don't know the accuracy of what he depicted on screen. But mm -hmm. that thing where it's like, we had two hours and we did nothing. We got nothing done. Going back from room to room, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, that is messed up. And this is another thing. I don't want to do this too much, but, you know, you kind of have to. Where it's like, mm -hmm. if you know Anno's work and a mm -hmm. lot of other people who work in his genre, they have stuff to say. And a lot of that stuff to say is about youth, It's about, you know, how old people running the country or going to war affects young people. That's mm -hmm. what half of all mecha anime is about at some mm -hmm. point or another. So, you know, you see that here because the team that the other dude puts together, they're like, you're all nerds. You know, leave it up to Anno to create a movie that's basically nerds saving Japan. And it's like getting around that old system, getting around... The fact that Japan is a tributary state and there are so many redundancies in place to make sure we don't step out of line again because, boy, did we mess up in World War II. And it's like, how many years has it been? Mm. And that's kind of also in the spirit of the original Godzilla because we all know it's about the dangers of nuclear bombs and stuff like that. 
And yeah. back in 54, it was fresh in Japan's mind. Because it's less than 10 years, when nine years after the bombs were dropped. And so now you've got this hot on the heels of the Fukushima disaster. And again, it's like, why didn't we learn our lesson the first time? And how many years have we had to learn our lesson? And this is still the way we do things. So you kind of feel like it's him proposing, look, it's like, I know we're kind of okay now, but... Mm -hmm. His Godzilla, you could substitute it for a nuclear meltdown, for an earthquake, for a tsunami, for war, for anything. It's like, what happens when we're caught off guard? The state of this country as it is now, can we afford to be caught off guard? And you kind of feel like that's him. That's what he's exploring here. Like, half of the movie is him exploring politics and the history of Japan. And the other half of the movie is him getting really nerdy about the biology of a giant monster. <laughs> I think that's, the I first think that's time, what I really yeah. love about that movie. That's probably the most succinct way I would describe that. Well the, done, the, But actually, that yeah. brings me back to the point I wanted to make. When in, uh, I need to check her name because I just need to call the character. Yeah, there's a lot of people in this cast. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's just like, and a lot of them are important enough to be named. You but then you get to do like minister we... of this, minister of that, like this officer here. And I'm just like, oh, this is really bad. And I'm pretty oh, sure man. people's titles were changing during the movie as like, you know, certain characters got killed off or whatever. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on anymore. Like, I'm just <laughs> assume you're in charge at this point. <laughs> Because she's the first, the, the one that is called one. Once they see the giant tail and they, they find out that it's... um. It's it's a living thing, and they they cannot get answers from the academics. They call this girl who doesn't really give a shit about a chain of command or about a position or about anything else. She's just a scientist. She knows her shit. Yeah. And uh, she and they give us this explanation about, and it it explains so many things. For example, uh, the 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 first this gets uh, ah how to call him. <laughs> By the way, I'm just going to let, let uh, people know. For the fandom in Japan is calling this first stage, well, the second stage of Godzilla, Kamatakun, because that's where he, uh, well, you know, made Kamatakun, sure. Kamatakun, you, you mean the, the, the one that's still armless with the googly eyes? Right, and right. The I call him, because, you know, I call him Puppy Godzilla, because that's what reminded me. Puppy Godzilla. No, no seriously, so seriously. The, the head, the, the, you know, it's many very sharp teeth. And the form of the head did remind me of, of a puppy. Mm. That thing, and also the way that he is slithering slash, you know, on, on fours. Well, on twos in this case, because it, it doesn't have arms. And it's just rampaging around. And and it's pushing cars aside with its head. It Because that, that's what actually made the scene a bit morbid. Like, I was I was seeing something I wasn't supposed to see. This creature struggling, because it didn't mm. seem like 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 you know uh, something conscious. It just seemed to be walking mindlessly and struggling, a lot, crashing mm -hmm. into the building. Mm -hmm. And she says, for uh, for example, that um, it seems to have gills, so it breathes underwater. But since it seems to also have legs because of the movement, it may uh, you know come ashore. 
Mm-hmm. No, but creatures like that always die under their own uh, weight. They cannot yeah. live. Yeah. That's, what, that's how long fish work. And it it just takes it home to, for example, the fact that, that this Godzilla is heavy in the legs and really thin on top. Mm-hmm. Make I mean, that makes sense. If such a massive thing is going to weigh a lot. Weigh well, a lot I'm so. thinking of like, you know, tadpole mm-hmm. biology. Mm-hmm. Where you right. get, you know, the, the, it still looks like a little tiny tadpole with the tail and stuff like that. And then the first thing that sprouts are its like hind legs because it's developed for jumping and moving, propelling itself forward, that kind of right. thing. Right. Uh-huh. And so that was kind of like my first, after I was done being horrified, I'm always really done. <laughs> but I'm like, right, set, set that, <laughs> set that lizard brain aside and your instinct brain aside for a second and just analyze what's happening in front of you. Um, well, that was my first thought. It was like, oh, this is like those tadpoles that, like, the first thing that comes up is its hind legs because it's made for jumping. And I'm thinking of, like, how, ev- like, things get evolution-wise. So if you're thinking about first sea creatures that made landfall, one of the first things that would develop is uh, the legs to support it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, once it made landfall. And so, and, and I like that idea a lot. That ever like when 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 you get into an argument about what type of Godzilla were people expecting, like this this is an evolving one, a algorithm, amalgam, 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 yeah, of uh, how it's evolving, of the different takes, and the fact that we got two versions of it was kind of like amazing to me. I would really, there's part of me that really would love to see the, uh, if there's going to be like a fourth form, like after, or maybe, form. or maybe a final no. form, I guess. Yeah. Mm-mm, I could not handle that. After that <laughs> little teaser at the end. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> nope. Your, your thing is like disfigured faces. My thing is whatever that was growing on its tail. Mm-mm. <laughs> nope. 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 Let, let's move on <laughs> no, into no, the no, next no, sequence because no. I want to talk about it. And and, the, and I again, I want to appreciate in this case mention the soundtrack because well we mm-hmm. have this nightmarish sequence. Right. The creature suddenly stands on its hind legs and then falls oh. and stops. And then cue the the next uh, track. And it's it's that re- the quality of the track is really different. The quality, I mean, the audio quality of the track is really different. That bothered me at first, and then I realized a, that yeah. Sagisu is actually using the original recordings of the Godzilla Fifty Four Godzilla mm-hmm. as a form of of a march. Yeah. In I the sequence in that. which uh, you know Kamatakun becomes the the red thing with the little little tiny arms. Mm-hmm. And also appreciate the fact that the first roar it gives out is the first roar the the, the, the Showa Godzilla gave, and mm-hmm. then afterwards when it when it develops into the big thing it roars like the modern Godzilla, mm-hmm. which is yeah. completely on purpose. And I I actually laughed a bit because I think that was genius, blatant fan service. Mm-hmm. And which, it's subtle. Uh-huh. It's not, it's it's one of those things that's like that's. I think I think so. Like, if you didn't really 
If you're not a Godzilla fan, do you know that? Well, that, that's, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. That's yeah. the thing. If you had been a Godzilla fan, do you, you know the provenience yeah. of fucking audio clips? If you haven't yeah, you know, <laughs> lived in this world a little bit. I appreciate that the little though. I, if there's going to be a wink to camera for other Godzilla fans, that for me would be the way to do it. Like, that's audio a very wise. like interesting place. Now that you like say it like that, because while it was happening, I was thinking. Like, they didn't do anything to the roar. They didn't do anything. Like, they didn't re-record the uh, the theme song. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an interesting no. choice. Yeah, I really right, right, like right. that, though. Like, yes, I, I, I love it as well. Especially since you're now that I... Because I, I, I thought they just it was just distorted in the first place. Like, it wasn't... Like, I didn't think that... Or rather, it was like... I didn't think that they would use the original audio with all the weird distortions. That if it's like an old audio may have, if that makes sense. I thought that was just like it was just distorted for me, just for uh-huh. it faded out. I don't. I'm probably not explaining myself that well, but I well, I do get what uh, you mean though. <laughs> but yeah, like that's what I was talking about in terms of like the, the as it grew into like its finalish form, you get the full fifty four, fifty four. Yes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> full fifty-four score, and you just you would hear and you know, and all of its mono glory. That's uh. what some of the sound differences that you might be mm. hearing too. Okay. Uh, yes, exactly. The composer, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but I, I saw something he had talked about trying to re-record the original theme for stereo, and it didn't work. Uh, he sort of tried to modernize and convert the tracks, but. Um, my guess would be uh, just having like one solid track of booming Godzilla audio is really the way to go. Mm. Uh, and that's why mono may have won out. That's mm. that part's theoretical, but you know, it's a thought. Defin- it definitely like it had, if it made it there for an impact, it, I believe it, it executed it well mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like just having that impact. Um, can we talk about some of our favorite characters human wise? Oh God, I don't know any names, so we're going to run into this problem. Well, what you want to call it? I mean, the only thing for me that really stands out is Ishihara Satomi. And I only know her just because, like, I watch so many variety shows. Particularly, I just watch a lot of variety shows, Arashi variety shows, and she's almost always on them. And it's so... And I've seen her in other J-dramas, and so it's so interesting to see her because I watched, I think, her first... Uh, one of her first drama, which is uh, Kimi Wapeto, and she had like a small kind of scene as Jude Matsumoto's character's, you know, she had a crush on his character. And He's so, from a boy band, if you don't know. Yeah. And so uh, seeing her go from that, like, to supposedly in being the next president of the United States. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> in was like, there are several between. I, be I understand. And like, I see her trajectory and I respect it. <laughs> She's got a vision board. Yeah. Right? She's I get very that. American in that respect. I absolutely, and I, I absolutely <laughs> really did love her in that role. It's, and it really surprised me because everyone's talking about like, oh, they're going to have an American, they're talking about the American in the movie. And I'm like, oh, I wonder who the American is and then out comes Ishihara Satomi and I'm like wait <laughs> no, and everybody felt the same thing Ishihara Satomi typically is I mean she's an A-lister now she appears in the yeah. trendy movies in the trendy dramas yeah she, she is... was she was also in a, a, a Attack on Titan as my favorite character right, in right. Attack on Titan uh, who I 
I only know her because she's in goggles. But you know, yeah, it's it's and that character she, is like yes. she plays crazy. It's Satomi Shihara season right now. Yeah, and I, I don't mind. She's fantastic. And, and what the, I really like that—that's mm-hmm. what I want to but appreciate. It, she delivers. Yeah, she really does. What I really liked about her in particular was that, like, yes, you can tell, like, her her English is like mildly accented, or she speaks better Japanese than she does in terms of like English. Like, it's if you're trying to sell somebody to be like a fluent English speaker, it's difficult. Second languages are hard. Yes, yeah, second languages are hard. English is a really hard. weird yeah. fucking language. Like, not yeah. for nothing. Yeah, and English it's, is, yeah, you're right. It's like four languages smashed into each other it on a hillside makes one no time. Sense. <laughs> That's well, literally English. Uh, what I really was getting at is namely, like, Figuratively. I, what I liked about her p- portrayal of Japanese American, she got the attitude right in terms of how she delivers, like, yeah, or just like, what yes. are you like that whole like are you are you serious that moment when she was like when they made the decision of, of throwing the the nuke yeah and then she just goes are you serious and i'm all like yeah that is how a very frustrated american person would yell that would deliver that <laughs> line although i would have added like are you fucking serious if it was a nuke no like, uh, something <laughs> important is that she didn't play a caricature at all yeah, no, she, she was didn't. serious. I, didn't she I mean, did. the actor was so serious about it, and the character was also not, not uh, you know, a, a character of, of of a well, the rest of the of the Americans were, but she yeah. wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's what I really and liked. I saw it the moment she's discussing it. I I think it's the ambassador, right, when she's discussing it in the plane. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that uh-huh. might. I think her. I, that's her dad. I, it's either her dad or the ambassador, or oh, they could just be then. the same person. Uh, who, who, her dad I mean, is an when ambassador. She's then conflicted about her American side and her Japanese side because she's risking her political career. And the, the other person tells it tells her, "Your dream of becoming president at forty is going to disappear if this goes out the drain." Yeah. And then you have this moment in which she looks down and she looks up, and you you know her her eyes get just a bit wet, and yeah. then she just you know from the bootstraps and goes on. Well, I don't think it's in terms of like to imply that she may have been maybe wet might you know, eyes being wet may not be the, the idiom that I would want to use namely because it might imply that she was crying or about to but I but I totally understand in terms of like you saw the wheels turn Exactly, it was a decision there that yeah. that hurt, that cost her. Yeah, and what I, that's what I really like specifically about her character. That's why she stood out to me the most. Because it's one of those things where, like, I really love how inter. She was one of the one of the situations where it's it's you really show that a decision like this isn't just Japan's like decision. It's international, <laughs> and especially that that to highlight how peace accords between Japan and the U.S. really does still impact decisions made right now at this moment. And All it's right. like, I, yes, I love this. Again, it's the, it's the poli-sci history buff in me. Like, yay, show the intricacies of globalization, please. I appreciate this a lot. I mean, I'm just seeing the cast. The women in this cast were yeah. great. Yeah, the women cast were so good. I mean, yeah. Satoshi Shihara, yes, and the the, the, the no-nonsense scientist girl and the defense minister. She is my favorite, the defense oh, minister. Oh, yeah, her. Oh, that was so good. Having her 
in those board meetings and like whenever they pan to her she's the one with she's the one that knows yeah if you want to talk about no nonsense like exactly exactly i loved her i think she's my favorite character of them all she reminds me of my mom's mom my grandma (laughs) like just that no nonsense like no like minister we're going to fire are you sure and, she, and, she, and, you, and she's like Prime looking Minister. at you going, you better say yes. <laughs> fast, fast, come on. Yeah. It's like her whole motivation the whole time to him. Yeah, like make this decision now. Like I've, again, like it flashed back to like my spending summers with my Lola. Like whenever I would look, be looking at any, even she got mad at me whenever I would be like shopping and I'm making too slow a decision. She's like, Paula, do you want this now? I'm like, I don't know. Fine, we'll just get it. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Oh, oh, sure. <laughs> Like, just, you do not want to mess with this lady in the policeman. And I love that she's the defense minister. Yeah. That makes me so happy. We can just throw some torpedoes, right? Can we please think about this before talking about, you know, firing <laughs> weapons in the country? Mm-hmm. Favorite characters, Nick, Michael? Oh, um, boy. Um, I found the interim prime minister kind of nicely endearing towards the end. He had a real West Wing, Glenn Allen Walker kind of vibe to him. Mm. Um, that's the, uh, if you've not seen the West Wing, there's a little bit of the show where John Goodman is temporarily the president and uh, has like a weird two episode character arc and then disappears forever except for one other time. Um, <laughs> weird tangent. Sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I liked that guy. And um, generally, I don't know. I, I, it's always hard to have a favorite character because it, it's really an ensemble. Um, yeah. I found it sort of interesting in that there's no real lead in this movie in a mm-hmm. really, um, especially when you put it up against the 2014 legendary American other countries as well. Godzilla movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie has such a clear lead and is so focused on this lead. And a lot of people's complaints about that movie are specifically about the lead. Um, and the focus on that lead as like a secondary complaint. Um, whereas in this movie, there isn't really anyone you can attach to like a good chunk of the cast gets blown up pretty early in, um, (laughs) you know, like people you've been following for a while or vapor. Um, so it, I I like that. It's sort of the movie doesn't really give you an opportunity to just like one person. You have to like this whole collective of people working to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. Um, to the point where uh, when you get towards the end of the film, it's funny when they sort of deploy the the plan. Um, I kept expecting another explosion to happen and this movie to end in fire. Yeah. Uh, but when everything kind of works out and humans working together succeeds, it's a really nice change. <laughs> it was a really pleasant surprise. Like, oh, hey, maybe we can figure this out. Anyhow. Nick, what about you? My favorite character in the movie was all the Tokusatsu cameos, specifically Ultraman cameos. Which one? Um, so there were a lot of cameos from a lot of Tokusatsu actors, and me being me, I noticed mostly Ultraman ones. So Captain Kamiki from Ultraman X, that one UPG member from Ginga S, and then flipping Dark Zagi from Nexus was in this movie, which was hilarious and kind of distracting for me. Who what did he do? Who was he? He was like one of those an aide to somebody else more important running through the hallways type situations. Like he had maybe one or two lines, if that. And that's the thing. This movie is chock full of people 
There's that bald dude. Of Toko people. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's that bald dude who's in literally everything. But there was, yeah. a, there was a lot of actors I saw too, like from other J dramas. I know the the bad guy from Garo, Le- the one who shines in the darkness. Yeah, is, yeah, he, the bad guy in that Garo series was one of the scientists in the in the in that collective. Like he was the one with the glasses. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, he's yes, in yes, that yes. movie. Uh, the chairman from Amazon's is uh, one of. Yes, the, the chairman from Amazon's there. in that movie too. Like. Mm-hmm. Blew my I mind. I think that's who I'm talking about. Yes. Dr. Maki from O's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The doctor from O's is there, too. Yes. Yeah, he's who I mean he's when like, I say uh-huh. Captain Kamiki from Ultraman X. Oh. The, the, yeah, the, of the interim government. Yeah, he, oh. when when the new prime minister comes in, he's one of his. Right, people. exactly. Yeah. Gosh. I, I think he's put in charge of the foreign minister, something like that. Something. Yeah. It's so much bureaucracy. There's also, like, one of... Uh, I think one of the ministers, uh, I think the one who sat next to the defense, the the one with the uniform who sat next to the defense minister who was relaying the orders back and forth between the, the helicopter. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. So that guy, I remember him specifically because he was the Yakuza boss that got his head cut off and killed Bill part one. Oh, he uh, is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays Yakuza's all the time and he got his head cut off indeed. Yeah. Like, it, when we were watching the movie, I was just like, wait a minute. You're a talking head, and why is this important to me? <laughs> oh, because it gets chops off in one of my favorite movies. Okay. So it was really, for, and like, I think it's seeing that board member long table that like, made me go, ah, oh, flashback. I know this actor from somewhere. Yeah, well, the old, yeah, all well, the pieces were there. Yeah. So yeah, like I I remember having a series, and then it was a real. This is a really good movie to play spot the Toku actor. <laughs> like no joke. Anyway, uh, going a bit further into the movie, we mm-hmm. are reve- uh, Well, the reveal. We are. Uh, yes, the re- it is revealed yeah. that there is this professor that was working with uh, the Department of Energy in the U.S. Goromaki. That mm-hmm. had been studying mutations and that had prophetized the appearance of Godzilla and that and he gives and him named uh, it his name. <laughs> and it's explained away as, well, Gojira, uh, this is a note as well for the 1954 movie. Uh, it's named after a go, well, a, a mythical creature of his, uh, of his island, or the island he was born in, which happens to be the same island that the first Godzilla appeared in. In the mm-hmm. fifty-four, and it's also after. Well, it's Godzilla. This um, romanization thing is explained as uh, God incarnate, mm-hmm. as as you know this this creature, an unstoppable creature, the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to the appearance of the completed Godzilla in the Kamakura uh, beaches, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it, one thing I wanted to mention here. Was that it, well? And I think everybody knows now. Uh, Godzilla himself was played by an actor through motion capture. Mm-hmm. It was not Andy Serkis. <laughs> it was. <laughs> he won't shut up about. It, sorry. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's... <laughs> his name is Mansa Inomura. He is a Kyogen artist. K 
Kyogen is a type of uh, theater, Japanese traditional theater. It's typically a comedy and it's played between no acts. You go to see a no play and in between oh. the acts you have you have a Kyogen play to, you know, as a palate cleanser. Okay, and so they're it, kind of like intermission plays exactly. between like a bigger no. Correct, cause correct. Because no theater tends to be very, very long, right? Yes, exactly. And very mm-hmm. heavy. Very formal. Very formal. So these mm-hmm. Kyogen uh, plays are meant to be lighter. They are comedies. But they are characterized for... Uh, well, I mean, they have very specific movements, just like Kabuki, just like no. Mm-hmm. But these are characterized by how the, the actors talk. Kyogen means literally um, deranged words. And the Kyogen actors speak in a very particular manner, which I am not going to try to even uh, imitate because that mm-hmm. would be insulting. But, you know, look up in YouTube. And this famous actor, Mansai Nomura, played Godzilla uh, in with motion capture. This was revealed after the movie had been released. Everybody was, whoa. Why? Because... And I saw this on a show, uh, on a, on a uh, news show after the movie was released. Uh, the movement of Godzilla, Anno uh, wanted to make Godzilla very unreal, very uh, separated from the animal, mm. like like a complete opposite of of what uh, the legendary Godzilla did, which was a big animal. Right. He wanted to make him. I mean, because Shin Godzilla, the Shin Godzilla has many meanings. It can be interpreted as new. As mm-hmm. truth, and as God, and that's the biggest point that Anno wanted to make. I love that. And he elect. He, I mean, he chose um, a Kyogen uh, actor because of that, because of how ethereal the movements are, and that explains, for example, that's something that actually Mansai uh, contributed to the character. The fact that the uh, Godzilla's hands are looking up. He, they are not gay, you know, they're not uh, pointing down, they're up. That is because traditionally, uh, gods were depicted as dragons, and dragons always carry orbs in their hands. Kind of like carrying the world huh. in your hands? Mm. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I think it's it's amazing. I think it's, I think how, that, how that much kind thought of deci- is yeah. put into this. That's amazing. Well, I would. Yeah. Now it does explain a lot when you see kind of those choppy movements, uh, when he has his atomic breath and atomic lasers, so to speak. Yeah. Like when he move when when Shin Godzilla moves, uh, it's very choppy. And he especially when move he has like the you expect it to move. That's that's what yeah. I love about it. Like you're you're very much right in terms of how ethereal he looks in that sense because there's one of those moments where. Like it, it almost. I feel like there's part of me. It's like, okay, did that render correctly? The way he's really choppy, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I almost yeah, had, yeah, had a yeah, moment yeah, in my yeah, like, yeah, wait, yeah, was yeah. that was that on purpose? Did that did somebody like in the editing room like kind of fucked up for a second because he looks really <laughs> weird in terms of how choppy he felt? But then I think you're yeah, that definitely makes a lot more sense to me in terms of like because whenever I do see clips of like no or uh, traditional Japanese theater uh, and how the movements are so exaggerated. It kind of just reminds me of like when dancers do kind of a pop and, and lock exaggerated move where it's a very big beat on like muscle spasm movements to kind of uh, show that lock or um, and things like that. So that's what I that makes so much more sense to me. So so as he's as Godzilla is moving around and, you know, destroying the universe with his lasers, 
and fire breath. That makes so before, much more sense. Before going to that scene, which is my, my second favorite, well, the, the second of my favorite scenes of the movie, uh, any 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 thoughts, um, uh, Michael Nick, on on this? Well, on this information I gave you, and also on this appearance of Godzilla, fully formed and all, in all his glory, destroying Tokyo as usual. I think it was interesting. Like I said earlier, half of this film is I know being a massive nerd about how giant monsters work. Where like, you know, the whole idea behind this Godzilla is you know, you take that nuclear power thing. And you kind of stretch it to its logical conclusion where it's like he's ejecting coolant in his younger form and things like that. So that second red form where it's like you can tell he's overheating kind of. Like he has to go into the ocean to cool down. And then you see him again. That kind of looks like what you would expect. Like if the surface is something. When you see lava cool, that's what his final form's skin reminded me of. It's like lava starts out as red hot, but as it flows down the mountain and cools down, it hardens and goes black. So that's what it felt oh. like happened to Godzilla's skin. You know, yeah. As it cooled down, it hardened. That's what he went down into the ocean for. Mm-hmm. So it was a really interesting uh, visual, and that's why it looks so rough and uneven, because you know it's that kind of chemical change. Yeah. That it's not stretching pretty. skin, yeah, yeah, definitely, and that's why, like, when you see the bullets bounce off of them, because normally, you know, it's like a thud or something, like really thick skin, but here it's like rock. It's like Godzilla is made out of volcanic rock or something like that. Mm. Is the sense you get when you watch it. So I think that was a really interesting and good choice, and um, so yeah, I really liked that. And when, you know, night falls on the city, and because he's nuclear, he's so hot inside, you know, he's glowing red in parts. I think that was a very good visual when, you know, parts of the city are on fire and things like that. And so, he's, he can't, like, ever be, like, a pure silhouette, because he's always glowing. But not in that goofy Godzilla versus Destoroyah glowing thing that we won't talk right. about. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I was yeah. going to make... I'm See, thinking... I like burning Godzilla. I, well, it also make kind of what I like uh, Nick pointing out in terms of like his skin is lava rock rather than just really hard hide. Definitely makes sense in terms of like you had that moment where like you could have shot him when you had a chance, but you didn't take the shot because of people. And you're supposed to feel really ambiguous about that decision. <laughs> what do you think, though? Because I, I, I am 100% behind that decision. Actually, I, I didn't expect much from the prime minister up till that moment, in which he said, "I'm not." No, I mean, and he, he was uh, more like risking the lives of the of the civilians. He said it. I am not going to fire weapons to where civilians are standing. Mm-hmm. So it was but very much about principle. The thing is, though, how much are your principles worth when there's a giant baby lizard eel stepping on them, <laughs> stepping on those <laughs> civilians? Mm-hmm. That's precisely like, the, the main conflict of this movie. Yeah. Represented yeah, both in Yaguchi like, and Nakasaka. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how much collateral damage are you willing to have to stop the damage there? Now, yes, we learn later that if they had blown up Godzilla, it would have gone terribly because he's a walking nuclear reactor. But they didn't know that. 
at the yeah. beginning. <laughs> so they still should have killed them. And yeah, accepted the consequences. Yeah, well, that, that's what I like about it. You're supposed, like, I like a, a movie that lets you have that argument. Or lets you have that, dis- not argument, I'm sorry. Uh, that lets you have that discussion. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is a movie I would love to show my freshman year philosophy class. No, there hate- was a lot to, to, to be talked about in that sense, yes, of course. Yeah, and then hate myself immediately because there's always that one guy in philosophy class that needs to shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and it's kind of, and I hate, I hate to bring this up because the internet's mm-hmm. annoying, but it's kind of the Harambe <laughs> situation. Uh. Where, like, the child's <laughs> life was in danger. And, you know, they did what had to be done. Yeah. And so, Tokyo, yeah. or it wasn't Tokyo necessarily, wherever that was, was in danger. And yeah, it's a mindless creature. It had no direction. It was lost, possibly scared. But, man. It was dangerous. Who was it? No. Um, Honda, the director of the original, he said a very smart thing about kaiju being too big for the world and that's their tragedy yeah Mm -hmm. because this came up when we were talking about ultraman and please somebody find the quote for me but yeah (laughs) i think this is something i talk about when i talk about why i love ultraman so much Mm -hmm. it's like because they do the kaiju graveyard episode it's like yeah we like these are living breathing creatures and it's like, if we don't have to, we really shouldn't kill them. But unfortunately, we are often forced into an us-versus-them situation because they're just too big. Mm-hmm. They can step on us without a second thought. And, you know, we have to defend ourselves. So, long story short, they should have shot it. It would have exploded, but they didn't know that. And uh, it would have been ugly. You know, this also made me think, of, like, I think it was because I was watching it recently also the uh the part in hellboy 2 when they had the giant uh the plant elemental plant elemental yes that whole question is like whose holocaust should it be theirs or ours but like you have a giant plant elemental that was putting a baby in danger but then humans were really upset with hellboy because he's hellboy and they don't understand him like ah! <laughs> i love stuff like this yeah, I got remind. I mean, what he said reminded me of of Cloverfield. We was the same. Apparently, mm. that creature was not an adult. Right. Uh, uh, and uh, sorry. Okay. Right. No. Ah, uh, sorry. Sorry. I thought you were asking something. <laughs> nope. Uh, apparently, it wasn't. A, so it was confused and scared. It was just too big and too powerful, and the little ants were too scared, so they were attacking it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yet again, that brings me to another point about this monster. Mm-hmm. But having been told about Maki and all the cryptic stuff he leaves, including that, that quote, mm-hmm. I did as I pleased, now you do as you please. And, you, and they found his boat with, with all the information and, and his shoes. They found, the fact that he, they found the shoes, that's something that you need to know. Well, not many people know. Uh, for some reason, uh, it mm, may have to do with religion. When a Japanese person commits suicide, they remove the shoes. Oh, is that what that was? That, 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 I, th- well, I don't know if that's meant to be like that, but the fact that the shoes were there gives a very strong message. Well, for me, I thought it was just one of those eerie moments where he's, he's on a boat, he just took off his shoes. 
No, no, no. Well, I, that that could be a v uh, very uh, well interpreted as he, that he killed himself. And right after he kills himself, the monster appears. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, this monster yeah. that doesn't seem to have any, any purpose or any direction insists on going into Tokyo. And then we have this discussion they have about <clears throat> Maki and how they cannot... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, find out what this the, the those weird lines are about, and looking into into his profile, they see that they hated radioactive uh, elements. He wanted to look for a way to would render them inert, and that he hated Japan for letting his wife die. He hated the radioactive and all that. Plus, his his research on this monster and the effects of radioactive stuff in uh, organisms. And that final shot before the credits. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm just going to give my fan theory now. <laughs> I prepared the tomatoes and brought next. I think Goro Maki's will is part of the monster. And I think that's yep. why things happen like that. And, that. and when he did as he pleased was that creating this monster becoming the monster and exacting revenge on the on the on the on the, on the, on the you know the country that he hated but also challenging the country to solve the problem mm. i don't know it's just my, I, my I, personal I, theory. that that for me that theory seems sound yeah but it, it, that's it, yeah it, i had similar mm -hmm. thoughts too coming out of it because the, the sort of shapes on the tail Definitely gave me a, uh, you know, obviously human vibe, but uh, uh, oh yeah, what was that about? Maki. No, nobody knows for sure. That that's that's well, the interesting part. It's of kind it, of the point. My uh, that's horrifying. But you know, but no, no, I want to hear what Nick has to say. Nick has to say because I think I think I know mm. where he's going. Nick. Well, yeah. my theory again. You know, we see the stages of Godzilla, baby eel thing. Then it has the overheat cool down yada yada but the basic <laughs> idea behind him was no it's a self-evolving organism correct correct uh -huh. what is one of the tenets of evolution is survival of the fittest and mm -hmm. usually that's a thing with reproduction and through the generations what adapts better survives but if we're talking about in this world of fiction a self-adapting organism what does it adapt to well up to that point it had mostly resembled sea life, because right, as far as we right. know, that's mm -hmm. all it had encountered. So, but when it makes landfall, and when it, you know, dies, supposedly, I don't know if it's a kind of intelligence that does this, but my idea is that Godzilla's next form was it evolving to match the most deadly form of life it had encountered at this final stage of its life, which was mankind. So that's what the stuff on the tail was, mm. was Godzilla giving sort of birth or splitting into a hive of human-like creatures because humanity had proved itself effective at what we do best, depending on who you ask, which is kill things. And in order for Godzilla to survive, it would have to adapt into this form. So that was my interpretation of the ending. It was just, you know, Godzilla huh. learning from the most dangerous game, as it were. 
Well, but in general, he's. I think he's confronting the idea because I think this is two genre differences. Because mm. the the because I mean I think that the tail thing could be interpreted. I interpret it as the as a spiritual thing. The will of of Maki uh, represented in its in, in its most extreme form. But it could also be very well be. It's a very plausible, and I I, I like that theory as well. Godzilla. Well, I mean, this organism capable of evolving in real time, quote-unquote, uh, <clears throat> can adapt really quickly mm-hmm. into, yes, what well, he mentioned, the deadliest form of all, but also because he sensed the danger it was in. They have found my weakness. I am, I am, you know, uh, quickly freezing up. What should I do? And then, you know, it, that triggered... The the spawning of these things, so freaking scary. In order to keep moving and surviving, because I mean they mentioned that he had enough material, genetic material, to sprout wings and and you know travel between continents. Well, it was really interesting. I thinking about that when they were complaining about when fans were kind of mentioning um, what was that winged kaiju in Pacific Rim. He starts with an Is that Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's too much. He like he's doing like five different things. Like kind of reminded in terms of like evolution wise. I'm like, oh, you think it's one thing, but it's also all this other stuff. I'm like, oh, it, it, it gave me that undertone that it can evolve in that way. Like, OK. Well, yeah, I mean, well, especially because the kaiju weren't designed creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're thinking about if if, we're, if Dr. Maki designed and experimented on stuff like that, that would make sense as well in my head. No, yeah, because that, that, that's the thing. I think that he triggered an organism into evolve. It, to, it triggered mm-hmm. it to evolve into that thing, mm-hmm. and then he merged with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they also mentioned an earlier appearance of a creature like this, don't they? They uh, some sort of earlier emergence of it. Closer to the American, and when he names it, exactly, um, exactly, uh huh. Yeah. So the impression I got is that either he had like a false start with a first one of these creatures, um, and started again closer to Tokyo, uh, or you know this is him refining the process uh, with the same creature, possibly to include himself. I, I definitely would. Uh, the impression I got was that he jumped into the water with whatever this thing right, was yeah, yeah. or exactly sort of however well. it worked, you know, sort of a reverse Serizawa from um, 54. Uh, oh, that's an excellent way to put it. Right. Yeah. Instead of an oxygen destroyer, it's an everyone destroyer. Uh, yeah. Reverse Serizawa. Indeed. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. And, and, ex- and in general, uh, I've always sort of liked, it's funny. I'm, I'm a sci-fi guy over a fantasy guy any day of the week, but when it comes to Godzilla, I really like a mythical sort of, vaguely spiritual monster. Um, I've always sort of liked those depictions of, of Godzilla, which are fewer and further between. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, and I, from, from my impression, it, it seems less popular amongst the wider fandom as well. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I just sort of like Godzilla as this force. And again, sort of going back to what I had said earlier about the movie, like I really love that Godzilla is this sort of beyond all these other connotations uh, he's also this natural force, uh, possibly made worse by man. Boy, doesn't that seem familiar? 
<laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I mean, going back a bit, just a bit, to the trailers. The, I mean, it, it's the, the genius of Shirosaki <laughs> creating this track for this for the for both the sequence that we talked about and the, the trailer. The first thing that reminded I mean, I am a very angry person when it comes to <laughs> uh, both ecology and uh, the human arrogance. Mm. And uh, Godzilla seemed to be such a perfect allegory of nature punishing man for being such an asshole. <laughs> yep. He, um, yeah, Absolutely. he looked exactly. like a punisher. I felt a lot of guilt as a human seeing, uh, you know, immersing myself in, in this universe and mm. see nature. Let's say nature. Maybe it's not nature. Maybe it was something that this uh, mad scientist created. But nature manifests itself in all its power. And especially because that first sequence, when when the when Kamatakun is going through the river, you just see the, the frills on the back. Mm. And it's, it's, you know, going through the river and all the boats are piling up and all the cars are piling up. Uh, that is so identical much... to how the tsunami looked like. I was about to say, and I'm mm-hmm. like, if there's anything that gave me flashback to actual news events. And it that. was, I mean, and I, I didn't see it in the, I mean, you didn't feel it, experience it in the flesh, but I saw it on the news together right. with many of uh, all the people in Tokyo here that felt the earthquake and that mm-hmm. saw it live. Yeah. It just touches fibers in, in, in you that, you know, that was the first time I feared for my life during a natural event when yeah. that earthquake happened. Yeah. I saw, I heard of people dying, people close to me having a family, uh, you know, a family disappear, not die because they didn't, they never found them. They disappeared. Mm-hmm. And, and I went and visited Sendai a few months later because a, a, a friend invited me there. And there was still the, the, um, the foundation of the of the houses near the coast. Mm-hmm. When you imagine the house that used to stand there and the lives that that house had inside, mm-hmm. not only as people, but as memories, as objects, mm-hmm. as, you know, all that implies to, to exist. Mm-hmm. And see it just... Rooted up like that and, and, and disappear because that's the thing. It was so final and yet so quick and so... Um, it didn't give you any time to feel. And that's why that first sequence was so haunting because I think that if I were to... I imagine myself in that situation and I don't think I would have run like, like most of the people did. Mm. I probably would have just stood there watching yeah there's probably i don't know but i mean it it stimulates your imagination but not only in a fun way but maybe in a really morbid way scary way yeah because it reminded me of all that and, and those were real tragedies real deaths real destruction and that's part of the genius that i think anno just uh manifested in this movie really yeah I'm I'm thinking about also just I don't Kuni because we we live in a natural disaster heavy yeah you know country 
us, me in particular, state. And then I have the, I've experienced tsunamis, not tsunamis, like really hard typhoons. Right, 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 right. Um, growing up mm-hmm. back in the Philippines, and so it's it's those moments when you when you get to a disasters movie don't touch me and affect me as much as watching this movie and in like i could watch any really ridiculous disaster movie and mm-hmm. like kind of roll my eyes and laugh at it but the way that things were depicted in shin godzilla and really treating it as a natural disaster mm-hmm. uh triggered a lot more like that palpable memories that you have because yeah, yeah. Things I, ha- that I had I had family members moment. in the Philippines mm-hmm. when we had those really hard storms in Metro Manila right. that literally washed away like pets and you know young. I had my my I had like cousin that got literally almost washed away. Right, <laughs> and like, but they could have died. They could have. They gone. could. They really could have. Yeah, they could have. Pa- yeah, they could have right. died. They could. Yeah. And yeah. there was no. And it wasn't as like oh you need to call FEMA or you need to call. There wasn't. There was no time to react. Even, even, even for me, like as me and my family here, like we would, we would try to keep in touch with our family overseas. Like I could only imagine what would, what, how much I was really like reacting to a news, mm-hmm. like like I'm watching it in the news, mm-hmm. and there's really no way I can do anything about it, and it makes it really makes you reflect. <laughs> Exactly. On real, on absolutely real situations, you could completely find yourself in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, it, yeah. it, it, you, you, it's it's a bit of satire, yes, the way they, the government reacted, the way people reacted, but that's how they reacted, and yeah, especially that so sequence realistic. afterwards, the day afterwards, in which the life in the rest of Tokyo just went on. Yes, that, it was that so I really real appreciated in so that. many ways. Because like. Well, you would get, you know, the, the, you would hear news, like, say, when we were hearing about stuff that was going on with Katrina and Sandy and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, the re- and then, the, and that series of, like, tweets that would, like, fly across the screen, it really just felt like that, like, watching a natural disaster or something that's way, way, like, afar, like, far from you, yeah. and the next day just feels exactly completely the same, and, uh, uh, uh. So good. Michael, Nick. <laughs> we are, we yeah, are. it was a similar feeling on my end, too, uh, especially that sort of life goes on part, even with damage. Because, uh, I mean, I, I haven't lived through anything sort of significant in that way, but um, I was living in Brooklyn when Hurricane Sandy hit right. Manhattan. So sort of that sense of hearing other people's stories from directly in, and I knew people who lived below 14th Street, and they didn't have power mm-hmm. for a good long while on, on Manhattan proper, obviously in Brooklyn. I was relatively safe. I was on a hill. That's kind of nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't have the sort of same personal sense of it that you two do, uh, in terms of natural disasters or anything like that. But, uh, in terms of the, I don't know, the, the visceral sense of being there. I mean, I can't speak to that. Uh, but from an experiential watching the film sensation, I don't know. I certainly felt jostled. Mm-hmm. This is something I, that no film had managed to do. I felt dread mm-hmm. watching that. I mean, well, I mean, it's not... Uh, you see disaster movies and you sort of 
I'm not saying enjoy, but uh, you're entertained by what's happening, and it's made to be entertaining. Yeah. But in I this think case, that's where the diff- uh-huh. yeah, I think that's where the 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 cut is. Like, I, Shin Godzilla isn't med- isn't really meant to be entertainment, really. I don't think so. Like, it's it, not. It really, but th- that's that's the the beauty of it. It was an love. entertaining movie. Well, it, it's not supposed to just be entertainment. Yeah, that that's what I mean. Like, it. I guess in terms of like other Godzilla films, like between say fifty four and like now. Yeah. Uh, they have everyone's like oh, has that level of campiness and has that level of like action blockbusterness. If you want to take from like you know, the, the American I, I, I interpretation, yes. Uh, I think for Shin Godzilla, not only was it yes, it was supposed to be jet, like entertainment and like winks to the eyes and and stuff like that, but it it was done seriously. Yeah, there was a sort of there is a definite gravitas in it that wasn't you know. I hate using this word. It was there was a gravitas to Shin Godzilla that didn't seem masturbatory. Mm, <laughs> like you're not no, just no, no. doing. I, it. I agree. I agree that I think that's a term that explains it very well. Yeah, you're you're really not just doing it. Just go like, oh, look how serious this movie is, and it's so serious. <laughs> like <laughs> it actually it, had something to say. Yes. Like it wasn't just like a thought experiment. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think when in terms of, again, we've been going way back from the beginning, because we have been talking for almost a couple of hours now. Uh, when thinking, when going way back, when in terms of uh, initial reactions to who was attached to the film, I think that may have been what people may have been, uh, that may have been what people thought Anna was going to do, or, uh, you know, Tokusatsu fans thought what mm-hmm. other, you know, Tokusatsu fans would do, that it would be, you know, this... It, oh, you're trying to say something. You have something. Use vehicle for I'm not to say yeah, something again. Yeah. yeah, and it was, but it wasn't like again. It wasn't masturbatory. It wasn't like just for the sake of you could like, relate. You could feel it together. Yes. you could understand and, the message. And, yeah. and and he hit on something that definitely everyone could relate to, at least in terms of like Japan's reaction to the major natural disaster that was 2011s. Uh, total earthquake and what came after that and how the, you know and then we've had more even in you know the US itself had its own natural disasters and things like that so like it's definitely had something to say and I loved it about it and I'm really scared to watch it on the big screen no, only, only watch it if you can but if you can you're going to enjoy it very much because I'm, well, I'm, I'm determined to, to watch the it. last third of the movie I think we need to talk about the, the atomic breath scene Oh boy, do we! <laughs> we need to talk about that scene can, with can that start? second piece. She by Shiro Sagisu, as I said, that you know, sad, 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 almost waltz-like number, mm. and the, the such a beautiful way that the, the, you know the composition. It was so, it was nice to look at all that sequence. It was like I don't know. It was not just you know gruesome or I, I mean I like to use the word only when it's um, when it means something it was awesome <laughs> literally yeah, in the sense horrifying. that it caused me awe in me but I want yeah. to hear or, or your 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 opinions people 
to go back to the 2014 Godzilla, I promise, just one last time, um, <laughs> when that Godzilla used uh, its atomic breath for the first time, um, anybody who was my friend in the theater was very embarrassed because I got up and started cheering that like a loon. Uh, like I, I, I've never been a, a sports fan, but I would imagine <laughs> their reaction to that Godzilla's fire breath was similar to it. It was a very sort of a pump your fist, oomph, kind of moment whereas in this movie it felt so much more uh drawn out uh and i don't know artistic is so generic but the way it sort of swells and grows as this scene was sort of playing out i was just laughing with delight again i understand like a you loon, perfectly uh because i was just so pleased to see something it was so beautiful and so terrifying and so quintessentially kind of Godzilla and right. Anno and like the fusion of these uh, uh, just forces coming together. Um, and, you know, not for nothing, just I also like purple. So it helped. <laughs> Great. Nick, what did you think of the scene uh, overall? Well, well, I saw your reaction on the chat, though. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was horrifying, basically. You know, I was a little shocked at first, but again, this goes what, back to what I was saying about how half of the movie is on just being really nerdy about how stuff works in a biological sense. So we already talked about this Shin Godzilla as like a nuclear reactor and like the way how it starts basically for people who don't know and shouldn't know by now is like he starts spitting out smoke. And then it gets, like, fire, and it's, like, spreading all over the ground. It's a massive, massive, massive amount of heat. Because, again, walking nuclear reactor would have to discharge that much heat. And the idea the that it just builds yeah. and builds and builds and gets hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter until it focuses into that purple beam, I, I lost it. Like, my brain stopped working yeah. for a second. And I was just like, that is brilliant. And then, you know, it starts cutting through buildings, and I'm like, that is terrible. Please stop doing that. It's amazing you <laughs> thought of that. Well, please don't show me this. I'm going to die. Ah! It's like, so, you know, that's what, that's, I think that signifies what I admire most about this movie is the thought put into something like that, where everything that kind of happens with Shin Godzilla, at least from my perspective, it's like it's a logical extension of what they learn about the monster each time. It's not a surprise. It's a oh well, if what they said earlier is true, then yeah, that is how that worked. And boy, is that terrifying! Please don't ever let this be real. Whereas, like like uh, Nixon was saying in 2014, that was a triumphant moment. Finally, that thing we all know is going to happen fan service and he's doing it to defeat the yep. bad guy but here it's like oh no oh no <laughs> godzilla's atomic breath is the worst thing i've ever seen and it kind of reminds me of the first time he used it in godzilla mothra king Ghidorah, gmk all monsters attack where it's like you don't see him use it you just see a, a mushroom cloud in the distance and you have that kind of horrifying moment of oh sometimes godzilla ain't nothing to play with it reminded me of that moment. But yeah, just like that progression, that build. And then when he closes his mouth, it's like, what's happening? And it comes out of his back. <laughs> and it's like, oh. Destroys it destroys the bombers. Because the mm. thing is, like building up that much heat, 
You can't just turn that off. And it's like, oh, it has nowhere to go except through the fins on his back. That makes so much sense. And it is even more horrifying. Please stop it. Tokyo is gone. I can't <laughs> take it. My mind is broken. So, yeah. Well, it made that, that, that choppy movement from, you know, theater a lot more disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're, like, I have all this energy. Where is it going to go? Like, ah, ah. <laughs> And, and that's so the I'd... thing, it makes so much sense that after that, it just went on into sleep mode. Mm-hmm. You cannot unleash that kind of energy without, you know, taking it, taking a toll. Exactly. Taking a nap. <laughs> and it was too big to make the journey back into the ocean again. That would have taken too much right, energy. Just right. to walk its massive frame. So it's like, I gotta let the rain and let the cool air cool me down. Mm-hmm. And yet it developed a way to defend itself, even in that dormant state, which is why the beams automatically shut down every drone that approached it. Mm. Oh, that's so... That's so well thought out, which is something I haven't seen in a lot mm -hmm. of movies lately. Sorry, Civil War, but you just, you you don't, (laughs) you don't do it. You don't think about it. And the more Uh. I think about your premise, the more it falls apart, whereas this is the opposite. No, yeah, as I said in the chat, the logic is so sound in this movie. Give it a week and 73 think pieces and you'll hate anything. <laughs> well, I think also the the way that when I was talking about, like, I, I like seeing kind of that bureaucratic hand tying and still making great, ridiculous decisions with that kind of restriction. That's what I really like, I think, being able to see in terms of how the logic follows for Godzilla in terms of like, I, I guess like as that kind of, well, if it's like, lot, how can I start it? Like logical restriction? Mm-hmm. Like it's like, you can only do things that make legit sense. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and can be explained from a biological and physical point, like point of view. Well, I mean, you saw how they explained the uh, the additive they needed to use for the coagulant. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the thing that Dr. Maki had left is the molecular structure of a an extremophile organic compound that interferes in the uh, cellular membrane of Godzilla, allowing it not to evolve as fast as the outside agent acts. Do you really need to write all that for the movie? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. But I mean, that's that's like, the, that's the thing. People don't think that's necessary, but that gives it so much, makes it so solid. I, I, yeah. If, so I think it, like even if you don't, you know, it's one of those like sometimes I got lost in terms of as meetings were being held and things were being described, but it was another one of those moments where just like. No, these are supposed to be experts in the field, so you definitely can catch up to exactly. I mean, if you cannot talk, keep up. That's it. Fine. Wasn't one of those things that we're used to, where expository dialogue. Someone goes up to someone else, as you know, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. There you go, audience. Now you're caught. And up. it wasn't even like it, then. There none of them. No dialogue in there is a throwaway dialogue. Exactly. Like every single thing anybody says has consequences in that movie. Yeah. It's all them actually working the problem. It's just, oh, it's so good. And I think that's what I've missed in, in any terms of like recent films that I've seen. is like seeing those mundane wheels turn. Yeah, it's funny when the, uh, the American scientists 
burst into the the rest of the scientific <laughs> team sort of meeting room. Uh, I, I, jo- I was joking to myself. Uh, this is where the American movie would start. You yeah. get two shots of like Godzilla doing stuff. Then the Americans would just ponce in and be like, well, we're going to solve this problem, which is kind of what happens in the movie. It, it was really funny to me that there's like the only villain in this flick is actually the U S military, mm. <laughs> which is like all the shit that goes wrong is like them dropping piercy bombs into Godzilla's back. He doesn't like that fire breath. Goodbye, <laughs> Tokyo. Uh, and then, you know, the end is like, okay, well, we have to make this coagulant thing work or the U.S. is going to fucking nuke us again. Uh, so it, it, yeah, it's, it's funny how that's sort of. I love that shot, by the shift. way. I mean, just as a little parenthesis, <clears throat> that shot when, when uh, Yaguchi and uh, Kayoko are discussing precisely that, that it had been decided that a thermonuclear device would be used. And then they pan out all the way while they're talking. Mm hmm. Until you see all the, I mean, the bigger structure and the two little, uh, you know, humans standing there. And afterwards, I mean, Kayako says, I don't want uh, nuclear weapons to, I don't, what, what did she say about her grandmother? I don't want to oh, see that, the, the land of my grandmother to, being uh, scenery to nuclear explosions again. And then I know after that, even dead. Uh, putting two pictures of, of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. It was, a, that was, yeah, I'm talking about this, and this is to be talked about. I, yeah. I'm not, and it yeah. also, it, it, even with this radical sort of reinvention of Godzilla, you still have to connect this character to those bombings. Exactly. Because they're inextricably linked. You exactly. can't separate them. It doesn't function. Even the legendary Godzilla has that little faffy bit with the watch because you need to talk about this shit (laughs) we did these horrible things and Mm -hmm. we should talk about them pretty regularly or a fucking monster will come out of the ocean and make (laughs) us do it (laughs) i'm okay with those terms (laughs) i'm okay with talking about uncomfortable things i want to ask yeah we're getting close to the fucking monster i know we are very close to the fucking monster nick as the biggest evangelion uh, fan in this podcast what did you think about the usage of the of the theme without any changes? Just as this. Dun, I think dun, it was interesting. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, because that's the thing about Evangelion, especially the parts where that music is used. It was already about Ano borrowing from Kaiju and Tokusatsu tradition. So, it's like, you it know, putting it back where it belongs. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. Because, so, yeah, Evangelion, let's be honest, a lot of people like to say it's a deconstruction of mecha anime, but it's an Ultraman show, okay? It's yeah. an Ultraman show. It's, it's an Ultraman fanfic. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Oh, yeah. They even have the color timers, like, come on now. So, I know, even though he's worked on a ton of stuff, he's really only worked on one thing his entire career. The dude really likes giant monsters, you know? Yeah, and yeah. He yeah. is going to explore that in every single way he possibly can. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not the only thing I borrow from Evangelion. And again, I don't think you can borrow from yourself, so whatever. But, like, the tanks, remember when all the tanks were lining up? Mm-hmm. And that reminded you of the scenes, I think, in, like, End of Evangelion, where the tanks are lining up on the mountainside, which also reminds you of an episode of uh, Ultraman when the tanks are lining up and shooting at Gamora and you see the tracer fire, and it's kind of become like this iconic thing linked with different kinds of anime. I think Giant Robo, The Day of the Earth Stood Still, probably did something like that. 
So, you know, there's a relationship there. And Hideaki Anno is a dude who kind of sits right at the nexus of that relationship between Kaiju, Ultraman, and Mecha, and anime in general. So, like with him using the Godzilla roars in the original theme, it's like you use what works, and like I said earlier, it's like you put it back where it belongs. So, it's not coming from, I don't, I wouldn't consider it, like from a different source. Like you say it's from Evangelion, but Evangelion is already from Kaiju. So, it's a conversation he's having with himself, basically. Hmm. I think since we're all talking about for two hours, can we do can we, can we do final thoughts? Yes. Yeah, we're we're about to beat the movie here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think we all agree that we loved it, but mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah, and we have talked about what uh, you know appealed to us, what uh, it elicited from us. I don't know, but for people who are going to watch the movie, what would you tell them? In order for them to, let's say, maybe get rid of any any kind of um, prejudice that they may have, or maybe something that you can tell them that can let them enjoy the movie more, besides, you know, spoiling it <laughs> pretty much in its entirety. You've already listened too far into the podcast. Would be my first yeah. piece of advice. What uh, can yeah? Haven't. What can be? What has been listened <laughs> cannot be unlistened. You've you've made a slight error, um, <laughs> but we thank you for listening to us. Sorry, yeah, go ahead, Michael. Much thank you to everybody listening. Thank you yes, for listening. Thank you. We love you. Um, uh, uh, general advice to people going in: uh, stop expecting a Godzilla movie to be 120 minutes of Godzilla fucking doing stuff. It's not it going to happen. Stop hoping that. it's going to happen. Quit people it. Quit ruining my Twitter that. feed with your garbage. <laughs> Like, there are going to be people in these movies. Those people will do things. It's not a movie set on a fucking asteroid with dudes in rubber suits slapping against each other. That's an Ultraman flick. Go there for that. <laughs> Godzilla, we're going to deal about, we're going to deal with sort of man's effect on nature and nature getting pissed and like science gone awry and, you know, like the classic Godzilla shit. Stop being surprised by it. That's me. Excellent. There's my rant. You had it. It's what you wanted. Is this all you, you are? <laughs> Is this all I am? That's an X-Men Apocalypse reference. You're welcome. <laughs> Nick, do you have any Kind of related mm. to what Nixon was talking about. And this is like my general philosophy on sequels, adaptations, yada yada, whatever. Get over it. Just, just stop. Okay? It's going to be what it's going to be. It's not going to be what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So shut up about yes. how things compare to the original comics. Shut up about sequels comparing to the first one. Okay, it's it's just not. Just listen to what the movie is trying to tell you, and not what you wanted to tell you based on what the last one told you. Okay, stop it. Stop it. Just get over it. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Seriously, I can't. I can't. I can't. I don't like nerds. <laughs> sorry, we're so angry, well, but not that sorry. I mean, I know we're we're very unapologetically angry. Well, you both three. Uh, are unapologetic. <laughs> uh, well, I only get unapologetic you. angry. Well, I'm slightly apologetic. I don't I mean, like it. I mean, I'm very apologetic. <laughs> now, people who follow me on Twitter, I know I'm not apologetic about what I do. Yeah, Cooney's very non-apologetic. But um, Paul, I w- would like to hear your, your <laughs> the, about uh, it. the sort of nice one. Well, for, 
for me, I the best thing I could always expect, the nicest way to say what everybody else was really saying is like don't have don't hold any movie to any expectations really, except like you would just maybe it's not for you. Like uh when it comes to Shin Godzilla itself, like whether you this might be your very if it's your very first one, that's actually kind of great. Uh just go I'm so sorry just for ex- the nightmares. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's a cool place to start. It's a good place to start. That that's the thing. If it's it's if you're very first like Godzilla, I would show this this Godzilla. I wouldn't mind taking a new friend who's never seen a kaiju movie mm-hmm. before to go watch Shin Godzilla. Like I would definitely take my friends, not only to hold them when I'm frightened, but just to, for them to enjoy what I, this weird thing that I like. Um, so newbies sh- like should just go. It's really good to have it with a newbie uh, point of view. Uh, and it's one of those things where the best way I could have described, and if anybody holding Ano against anything, just think of it like you just want to see what if Del Toro did a kaiju film? What if like your favorite kaiju fan person did a kaiju film? So this, this is kind of one of those things where it really would be interesting to see from their point of view. And... And if it even even if it isn't that, it's impactful in a way that anybody who understands, who wants to kind of have a conversation about maybe how you feel about how, where the world is going and stuff like that, this is actually not a bad movie to show them and have that conversation. Like to be like to be completely like gross and intellectual about it, I guess. Like I would show this movie and have a super like i would love to have that meaty conversation with the people i care about about and compare it to what just like exactly what we did here like compare it to like oh yeah it made me think about you know the effectiveness of government it made me think about like am Mm. i really prepared for a natural disaster what would i do in natural disaster would you shoot like cute puppy godzilla who doesn't know what it's doing (laughs) because there's really cute old couple walking across the bridge <laughs> that they're probably going to get stomped later on, but you don't want to, you know, like it, it's just a good movie that you, there's so many things to talk about after you've seen it that yeah. doesn't have to just do with, there's a giant monster smashing buildings. And it encourages complicated answers too. Yes. And because even my answer to it is like, yes, they should like, in my opinion, if I was the one with the gun, I would have shot the little baby monster. But the reason we elect governments and have laws is so that the first instinct to smash the bug isn't the first thing we do Yeah, because we're animals and we need rules. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of, if there's my selling point, it would be that this movie allows you to have the, the, have the simple fandom conversation of a kaiju film but it also lets you have conversations about things that may matter a lot hey these things matter to us too like like just not just like it's a outside silly of our own film. little yeah of course it, i know <laughs> i love that I, that's what i absolutely love about it like it'll disturb me in the best way because it makes me think about where the direction of my life is going. That's like, you know, we get really existential about it. I'm like, oh man, I have to prepare like all my emergencies, such like all my emergencies. Oh yeah, you were talking too. about that, yeah. Yeah, it made me think about like, you know, how many emergency bags do I have? Like, do I have an escape route in case LA becomes a traffic ec- evacuation 
Because if things come out of the Pacific Ocean, it's going to come to Los Angeles. No. Like, that's just the rules. <laughs> we are near a coastline. They even talk about that in this movie. Yeah. The Americans' fear is that it's going to go to the West Coast. So yeah. let's blow it up somewhere else. It was like 13% possibility or something like that, right? They had done yeah. a and the, oh, you, that's the, definitely the first thing far. I was thinking about, like, I immediately thought of Robin in Hawaii. Like, Holy crap! We have a Tokenet staffer in Hawaii. That's <laughs> like right. He, he, like he's the first person I thought about. Like it really gave me a tangible. <laughs> oh crap! Like what if it suddenly? Ha- what if it was you know the Atlantic Ocean where kaiju came out of? The first people I would think about are like you know the fo- like our George and Yaz in Atlanta and like uh, Nick and, and everybody in the East Coast. Like, ugh. like holy crap. There's people I care about everywhere. That's kind That's of the nice. point. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's your selling point for this movie. Whether you're a newbie or have are really really salty about kaiju films. <laughs> I absolutely general. agree with you three, and I also like especially to to Godzilla fans, to Tokusatsu fans, and well, yeah, I'm pretty much paraphrasing what you just said. This is different. Mm-hmm. Very different to what we are all accustomed to, but you have seen how much of a rich and interesting and uh, you know educational conversation, food for thought. It's it's a really good movie for uh, full yeah. of uh, food for thought. It's also and and this is uh, this is an appeal that I want to make as a, a half Japanese person, especially if you have seen uh, other Japanese movies, Japanese cinema nowadays is not good that's my <laughs> personal opinion but this mo- I, I'm really glad that this movie came out because this movie does justice not only to the kaiju genre not only to Hideaki Anno but to Japanese movies in general because yeah. this movie is good and it's very Japanese mm-hmm. and it's enjoyable as such and mm-hmm. even if you don't like Japanese you haven't watched a Japanese movie in your life mm-hmm. watch it you're not going to regret it. It's at least, at the very least, it's entertaining. If it doesn't elicit this conversation yeah. with your family or with whoever you watched it with, it's you're you're going to leave the, the you know the theater or, or, or return the, the the DVD if you're still that kind of person. <laughs> but you're going to be satisfied. It's it's a good movie. It's yeah, it's just. Yeah, simple as that. It's a good you, movie. You, yeah, it's a good it. movie that there's there. You have always you'll have something to talk about when it yes. Begins. Be it the like, the, the, the really? monsters, be it the the polit, you know the political stuff, the scientists yeah. of the science fiction, the spirituality, uh, Japan, uh, Satomi Shihara, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. I uh, dare say this is required watching. Yes. In terms of like, if you like kaiju film, it's like, an essential this is, this, kaiju film. I, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's required watching. It's it's your tokusatsu vegetable, so to speak. <laughs> it's dessert too. It's everything. It's, it's, it's well, a vegetable like a sweet it. potato is a vegetable. <laughs> it's a sweet potato. Yeah, make some dessert out of that guy. <laughs> Thank you for animation again. We are really grateful that you have given us this chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Everybody. The movie comes out in October. It's a very limited limited release, but if you're able to get your hands on, in, uh, you get you, you're able to procure tickets. Go. Don't yeah. Don't miss this opportunity to watch it in the silver screen. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, for I've listening. seen it and I'm seeing it in the theater. Signing off. I am Cooney. Oh. Michael. 
Nick. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> we always Nick. have that problem. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, Bye, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks again for listening to the Tokenet Podcast, the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network. If you like what you hear, drop us a rating and a review on either iTunes or Stitcher. It helps others find our podcast and also helps support the show. For more from Team Tokenet, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and we're always available on our website at tokusatsunetwork.com. Thank you.